Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. JJ Cooper, Josh Norris here. We got JJ and the Bear back together for the first time in a long time. All my fault. Uh, prospect Handbook has meant I've been doing a lot of calling, a lot of reporting, a lot of writing, and no podcasting for yep. a long time. I've been doing a lot of calling, a lot of writing, a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy and writing. You've been doing some podcasting. I did some podcasting last week, and I've been doing a lot of stuff here. Uh, but, but now we're back. It's JJ and the Bear, like old times from way back when we were young in the summer. Yes. Summer when there weren't, I didn't have two more. T- I've got two teams written, top 30s written, two more to go. Um, so, you know, so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a busy time here at Baseball America. That's great. I mean, it's fun. It's prospect season. But it, it definitely does make for a busy time. We're going to talk prospects at this podcast. If you expect it's a JJ and the Bear podcast, we're going to talk prospects. We're going to talk about the AL Central top tens. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, take some questions that we have. Uh, people send to Twitter, jnorris427. I'm JJ Coop. 36. And then uh, we're going to talk about the Josh Donaldson trade to the Blue Jays and a little bit about the guys that they're bringing back uh, in that trade to, to Oakland. And we're going to end up with a little talk about the uh, our organization of the year, which we announced. We're recording this on Monday. We announced it today. But we're going to start with the AL Central top 10 prospects. So you want to do a draft here like we've done with me and Matt, or is that something we say for me and Matt? I think we should do this. Just we, we could do this here. I, okay. I think. So I don't think we're gonna go. But you gotta remember off, off Matt's board. Yes. So the rules of the draft though are, and we may do this me and Matt again later. But the rules of the draft are, you don't draft number ones. Okay. So, so that throw means, away the number ones. That means Mondesi's out. Raul Mondesi for the Royals. And Byron Buxton, shockingly, is out. And we're not doing this in alphabetical order because he started in the middle. But uh, <laughs> Devon Travis is out and out of their org. Yeah. I mean, so their new number been, one is. Stephen Moya, who cannot be drafted, I guess, That's by these correct. rules. Uh, Francisco Lindor, shortstop of note from the Cleveland organization. And Carlos Rodon uh, is out for the uh, the White Sox. Okay. So you started off, sir. So what we do, if you remember from last year, uh, these podcasts, we will take, we will draft, you know, five to ten guys uh, who are not number one prospects. If you to, to start it off, before we get there, I will say... I think we would, if at least I'll, I won't speak for Josh, but if it was me and we were drafting number ones, Byron Buxton would still go number one, even with the wrist problem, even with concussion. Uh, after that, I go Francisco Lindor, who is a pretty much big league ready shortstop. Some questions about how much impact he's going to have at the bat. Not really any question of him being a uh, a solid big league shortstop. Question is, he's going to be a solid big league shortstop, or is he going to be even better than that? Which is really good. Um, then you go Rodon, I think. I probably would go. I go Rodon. Um, then there's Mondesi. Then four. Mondesi, and then Steven Moya would be a, a pretty distinct uh, drop uh, after uh, after Mondesi for me at least. Yeah. Um, so then, but that again, those are the guys we can't pick. I'm going Miguel Sano. Pretty yeah. easy, you know. Pretty easy to start with. Uh, Twins had a whole lot of guys. Twins had a on the farm system, they had a terrible year, not from the standpoint of guys like backing up or anything. They had a terrible year from guys just being hurt. And Miguel Sano was hurt. He missed the whole year. Tommy John surgery. The good thing is, is Tommy John surgery in a position player, not as uh, worrisome as Tommy John surgery for a, a pitcher. Shouldn't affect his hitting in any way. You, you're really looking at the one question you have is, is Sano's arm was his best asset defensively at third base. 
So you, you do have the question of, is that going to, uh, you know, is the arm going to go from a 70 to, to drop back? But there was some question about whether to give a third baseman or first baseman anyway. And the bat should be good enough for him to play at first base anyway. So, uh, Sano, you know, I'd still, again, I'll take Sano. Well, I'm going to go off the board. I'm not taking a number two at this point or a okay. number three even. I'm going to take Kyle Zimmer with, with my first pick. I know he's got the shoulder issues, but with, this, is a, this is not a real-world draft, and I'm betting on what I saw, that what I've seen from him before, and what I've seen from him before is absolutely electric. I, you know, people do come back from shoulder surgeries. It's not obviously Tommy John at this point, but what I saw was awesome. The, the two-pitch mix of that 93, 97, 98 fastball and the sharp-breaking hook, two average o- other offerings up there. I'm going to put my chips in on Kyle. That's interesting. I mean, you could very well see him being ending up when we look back on this five years and say, yep, he ended up being the best pitcher among this group. You could also very easily look back in five years, and I could still be writing up Kyle Zimmer for the Royals list and going, if he just ever had a year where he was healthy. Because so far, we're in year three of pro ball, and we can't say we've had one of those years yet. That's that's going to be the question. We'll see. I mean, that's... It's a big question, and we don't have an answer to it yet, but... Here on this podcast, I got my top medical surgeons on him. We are assuring him full health for this purpose. Uh, Don't bet on that. Now, I I do think, I mean, this is a list that, after Sano, you can go a lot of different ways. It's not an... I mean, there's not a a slam dunk. You know, you've got Brandon Finnegan with the Royals, who was in the big leagues at the end of last year, but... Is, a, is an undersized lefty who there are some questions whether you're going to start long-term. You've got, uh, again, we won't be talking about Tigers for a little while, but you, you've got uh, Shamanaya with the Royals. You've got Jay Oberios, Jose Berrios with the Twins, Cole Stewart with the Twins. you got Alex Meyer, you know, but I'm going to go Berrios. I'm going to go Berrios with the Twins. I'm a very twin-centric team right now. Uh, I think that if you look at Barrios' stuff, you're talking about uh, a pitcher who, who doesn't have a whole lot of giant weaknesses. Tim Anderson's another candidate for you here. But, That's, uh, that, yeah. But, uh, but, but I think Barrios, abs- outstanding pure stuff, but outstanding pure stuff with a feel for, for pitching, too. I mean, it, it's, he's pretty advanced for his age, so, so I'll take Barrios. Oh, I'm taking Tim Anderson. I'm taking my... My, my franchise, I, what five player franchise, shortstop. Is he gonna play shortstop for you long term? Do you think? Darn right he is. He's got the athleticism, I think, to to keep. So him I don't there. think he has the actions. I'm not saying he doesn't have athleticism. I, I the scouts that I talk to though do seem to have concerns about. They think he's a very good player, but their concerns are is, is that he just the hands aren't. They wonder if the hands and the actions are soft enough, smooth enough. For him to be there long term, they see him as a center fielder, second baseman. I know there are others who disagree on that, but that's an interesting. But you've got him as a shortstop. You th- you're, you're convinced. <laughs> from the, like, convicted and convinced. From the, from the from the from the like four times I saw him play well, before he got before to, he got hurt. Right, yeah. and talk you talked to play people about him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not the prettiest. Right. It's not Lindor out there, but he's got a lot of time to not a lot of time. He's got time to to figure it out. Side note. When you and Matt did this, did you compile your teams? We never got a chance to. to I'm trying to take notes this time so that maybe we can... We'll have to go back and do an AL East draft, too, that means. Yes. But Fadler and I didn't didn't draft. We just talked. Okay. Well, so so that's Tim Anderson taking him off the board. 
We got Bradley Zimmer, uh, you know, with the Indians, or or Clint Frazier, Justice Sheffield, but I'm going Brandon Finnegan at this point. Um, Finnegan, I I know that I got a, that I'm picking up a guy who can handle playoff pressure, um, for whatever that's worth, because he's already done it. First player ever to go to the College World Series to the Big League World Series in the same year. Plus stuff. Uh, the real questions are, is the things you're going to have to watch for next year. A couple things. One, Finnegan has some effort to his delivery. The, the delivery we saw in the majors in the playoffs, I would say, was even a little bit more effortful because he was really just kind of letting it fly. As a starter, I, I think you'll see a little less effort than that, but that doesn't mean that there's not some effort there. He's a, he's a short pitcher who has effort in his delivery. As a standard template, that's what when guys say, okay, he's going to relieve. Um, we have seen, you know, really what the question on that comes down to stamina and strength. If he's strong enough to repeat over and over and over, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have to move to the pen. But his the other problem that he's going to have to run into is, is and, and prove is, is he's going to go to the spring training at least theoretically with a shot at being in the big league rotation coming out of spring training, I don't think he'll probably win one of those jobs. If he doesn't, then you have the battle of, okay, do you send him to the pen where you already know that he's successful and will help a team that is contending, or do you not, and you send him back to the minors to develop as a starter? I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to be sent back to the minors to develop as a starter. And if that's the case, if you're good enough at it, it may be hard to eventually pry him back to start in the long run. But I do think he has a, a solid chance to start. It's just going to be the question is somewhat about circumstance. I think with my uh, my third pick, I'm going to shore up the left side of my infield and take Hunter Dozier from uh, from the Royals. He had a really nice nice half year or so at, at high class A this year. Scuffled a little bit at, at Double A. Scuffled a lot. Scuffled at a lot a bit at Double A. But you know what? He's young. That was his first full year uh, in pro ball. He's got time to figure it out. I will, back to me, I'm going to take Bradley Zimmer. Uh, first round pick this year of the Indians. The, Brad, the, the, the Indians have kind of a, a triumvirate of, uh, of, well, really they have four outfielders who, yeah, if you call Mike Pappy, I'm going to say Mike Pappy's more, probably a first baseman, but I think you could really say five. Um, Bradley Zimmer, Clint Frazier, Tyler Naquin, who, you know, let's take Poppy up, so four. Tyler Naquin, who's number six on their list. That, and then you'd have to throw in uh, James Ramsey, who they picked up from the Cardinals, who personally I don't think there's a whole lot separating him and, and Naquin. I'm probably, you know, almost an equal a Ramsey fan as I'm a Naquin fan. But I'll take the best of that group. Bradley Zimmer, uh, you know, nice, very nice debut, pro debut, which it was – 180 at bat, so don't go, you know, don't build too much off that. But he really, we we've had two Zimmers already taken, brothers taken in this uh, AL Central draft. But it, you're you're looking at a guy with athleticism, feel to hit, and probably a right fielder. You know, that's that's a pretty good combo. So I'll go that way. I am going to draft like I do in fantasy, which is terribly, and draft the hardest thrower on the board, Nick Birdie. I'm going to take the closer at, uh, at number four with his 102-mile-an-hour heat and 90-mile-an-hour slider and say finish these games that 
only Kyle Zimmer is going to start at this point. <laughs> but, I mean, Birdie is uh, obviously a, as far as relievers, he's right up there as far as, you know, premium stuff. Okay, I'll ask you, though. You left Franz, if you're going reliever, you left Montas on the board. What stands out to you about Birdie versus Montas? 102 miles an hour. Montas is 100. Yeah, I didn't say I'm not going to draft him later. I mean, I'm saying, but, you know, what do you like better about Birdie? He's got that college polish to him. Okay. I, I say I'd probably, I'd be just as happy to have Montas. You can go off on your reliever thing because there's other relievers available. I'll, Plus, I'll Montas has had knee problems. That is true. That is true. And I might want Montas as a starter. You could, you could, you could. I, I'm definitely not taking Birdie as a starter. No, that's that's not really an option. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's not a viable option. Next pick, I'm gonna go Cole Stewart. Um, you're going kind of off. I'm going more with the rankings. You're going off the rankings. Cole Stewart, right-hander for the Twins. The the thing with Stewart is is that Stewart didn't wow as much this past year. I, I think as maybe some scouts expected, but he was impressive. Um, he showed some feel, and the stuff was still very solid. It just wasn't as blow-you-away stuff as maybe you were expecting. But uh, young, durable, uh, so far, uh, pitcher who, I, I, you know, again, I, I'm pretty happy with him from the standpoint of, I think, you're, if you're comparing him to, like, you got him, Shamanaya, there's some, there's some starting pitchers here. But uh, Stewart, I, I would say... A little more conventional delivery, uh, a little bit less control concerns than, than Manias, so that's why I go Stewart. I think it's kind of interesting, too, that if we were taking this seriously as a, as a real... I'm taking it seriously. A real, real draft, like... I'm taking it seriously. We only have Take two... Take it seriously. We only have two catchers on the board, well, yes, period. It's not, you're not trying to fill out a whole team. <laughs> yeah, we will, which one are you going to take? No, I'm not... You know, but, yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my fifth pick. I'm going to go fill out my middle infield and take Eddie Rosario off the board and put him at second so base. you basically think our rankings are kind of irrelevant is really what you're saying. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm just filling them out, trying to fill it out as a team there. No, don't try to fill it out as a team. That, that ruins the exercise if you try to fill it out as a team. Do you really want Eddie? I mean, he's like, do you think Eddie's he, the next he's, best player? He's a, he's a good pure like hitter. Saying, do you think he's the next best player? Because, again... No, no, he's certainly not the then, next best then player. Don't take Eddie Rosario. The purpose of this is... Who do we think are the best players? Okay. Well, I was actually trying to fill out a no, team. No, why would you fill out a team? We're not, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I was going to look back okay. in five years and see how we did. You know, so who would you like as far as the best talent on the board? Let's see. Who's the next best talent? I, I could easily go Alex Meyer in there. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's really good, too. Big, big fastball. Big, some call it slider, some call it curve. So we've got the big, big breaking ball in there. He looks like he could be a dominant force in the major leagues. I think, I do wonder with Alex Meyer, I mean, he's big enough that you have to have a lot of patience. I do wonder if it's ever going to really come together. Uh, oh, you know, right. I mean, that's the, that, that's the question, is that stuff is outstanding. And the season he had at AAA was, was very solid. But um, you, know, you just kind of, you, you do hope that it all comes together. And that's really kind of the question. And we don't have an answer to that yet, obviously. Um, but... Uh, you know, it, I'll put it this way. On pure stuff, you would have ranked higher than number five on that list. Um, but but I think that's really kind of where the, the question kind of comes in. Next pick for me, whew. Really, I'm going to go... 
I'm going to go Sean Mania. Okay. I, uh, to me, if you look at Mania, it was a possible top five pick in the 2013 draft before he had a hip injury. Um, after the hip injury, he fell, still got first-round money. This year, after having surgery, the hip injury doesn't look like a problem at all. First half of the season, he really kind of struggled. Second half of the season, he kind of put it together. Control's always been the biggest question, but he has plus stuff. Um, a delivery that helps him, a delivery of life on the fastball that means he, he, uh, he really misses bats uh, pretty well at his best. Lefty, you know, it, uh, again, with potentially front-end stuff. So if it all comes together, I've really got something there. If not, I mean, there's a little more risk there, but I, I'll take that. Well, I'll take one of my personal cheese balls here. I'm going to take Tyler Danish. Okay. I really, really, really like Danish. I, you must. I, I do. I do. I see. You're yeah. taking him over Spencer Adams, and I, I'll be honest. I would take. I wouldn't take three Tyler Danishes for Spencer Adams myself, but I don't know how I, to how to explain that transaction there. But I, I like. Tyler, I like Tyler Danish, but it's a funky delivery for sure. It looks kind of like to me. It looks kind of like a uh, a shorter version of of Jeff Nelson the delivery. But the stuff, I've seen him get swings and misses on both his off-speed pitches, and he commands it very well. I don't know if he's going to be a front-of-the-rotation guy, but I think he's a starter, and I, I'll i take him on my team any day. He pitches with absolutely no fear. Give me the guy with the with the changeup that gets swings and misses and the slider that gets swings and misses. Really, more than anything, it's with him, it's the movement, isn't yeah. it? I yeah. mean, that's, the, that's kind of the... Yeah, it's 88, 92, 93. Right. And the, but the, the, the off-speed pitches, you can't hit them, at least the, I, what I've seen in the Carolina League. Hmm, back to me. Uh, I'm, if I'm considering, we got, I mean, guys that are on the board. We've got Nick Gordon, the uh, first-round pick of the Twins this past year. We've got Miguel Almonte and Foster Griffin with the, uh, with the Royals. we got Buck Farmer and Derek Hill and Domingo Leyva with the Tigers. The rule of you know, how we're going to determine this is the first Tiger goes off the board, we're done drafting. So... <laughs> We got Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield, and we're going back to the White Sox. I'm going to take. I'll take. If you can have Tyler Danish, I'll take Spencer Adams. Spencer Adams. I think in a different draft with less uh, premium high school arms than this one, he'd been a mid first round, you know, mid to late first round pick. Went a little later than that because this draft was so deep. But premium stuff, obviously, a long ways away. But but uh, the kind of arm that's. You're, you're quite happy to take kind of stash in the system and, and hope that in three, four, five years you really got something. So what you're saying is you are buying the 59 strikeouts against four walks in 42 innings pitched? Yes. I, I, I mean, again, <laughs> low-level numbers aren't uh, everything, but that was a nice start to go with <laughs> premium stuff. If he did that at 88, 92 with good sync, I, I wouldn't be as uh, impressed, but he does it while or bringing a really good fastball too. Yeah, I think um, for my next pick, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking an outfielder here. I'm not totally sure which one at this juncture. But you know what? I'm going to go Clint Frazier. Big, okay. ba- big bat speed, excellent hair, which is obviously key on our team. And there's, you know, there's the potential for a power-hitting corner outfielder there. He's a little smaller. But right, the question is, is He's a little, you know, I, his list is six one one ninety. That's with the hair. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he's a little smaller than that, but that, that's the question: is 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 guys who don't like him say I don't know if he fits the profile? He's really swinging hard to develop that power. Other guys say no, the power's there. You're saying the power's there. 
Sure. Or you're thinking like, you know, you're, I'm hoping. You're hoping the power's there. Team Team Bear is is banking on him. Um, back to me. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to take him early, early. Nick Gordon at this spot, though, I'm quite happy because Nick Gordon, again, he's a pretty divisive prospect, and divisive not like guys. No, I hate him. You know, divisive from the standpoint of guys question. Okay, is he as athletic? You know, uh, scouts, scouts when if they're bagging on will say. He gets an athletic uh, athleticism halo because you know scouts think of D Gordon and go you know and and Nick's not that kind of player. Nick's more of a much more physical, much you know less speed, um, takes a big swing. You, you know a lot of times you won't get an average time out of the box, which is always a concern for a shortstop. You know a young shortstop, but you're talking about there's some there's some thump in the bat. You know for especially considering he might be you know, a middle of the infield guy. Um, uh, pretty advanced for you know for a guy who should move reasonably quickly. Very you know again I'm I'm thrilled to have him at pick one two three four five six seven eight pick eight. It's funny you're talking about a shortstop who might not who might not run the best. Uh, that is kind of the only real knock I got while doing the Philly system on JP Crawford mm-hmm. is that he's just not he's an average runner new, at best. It's a new thing. Carlos Correa can't run. So yeah, and it, it, two new model. Two people say he's he's duck footed which I hadn't even heard that as a term before, and I got inside and outside the organization saying he runs, like, heel-toe rather than, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, toe-heel. Uh, but everything else he does really well. So. I'm duck-footed. That's not a good sign for JP. <laughs> so we just threw a J.J. Cooper comp on JP Crawford. We, we had the initial game. Initial, yeah. Yeah. I hope, it, hope everybody's two initials. Um, I'm going to go, off, uh, go back with uh, another outfielder again. And go with a guy I saw in Instructs and liked a lot. It's a long way away for Team Bear, but um, Micker Adolfo or Zapata, whichever mm-hmm. he's going by that day. I saw him take a, a ball and hit it real, real, real far in Instructs. It was a, not, not an easy pitch to hit either. Um, I'm betting that the, the White Sox made a really good investment on a toolsy outfielder with power, and he'll serve us well. Okay, back to me. At this point, I'll take Derek Hill. So we will. This will be wrapping up our. Because I will take a tiger. I'll take Derek Hill. Baiting between him and Leva. Buck Farmers in there too. But um, I'm going to take Hill. First round pick this year. You know, has a has a solid chance. I, I the the Tiger system has. It's not. It's not truly horrendous or anything like that. It just lacks kind of impact top end guys. I, I don't know. Stephen Moya may, you know, who's not eligible for this, but he may crack a top 100. Um, I don't think anyone else will. Buck Farmer, I guess, could. Derek Hill could, but I don't think either of them will. But, again, I think Hill's a guy who could develop, I mean, who a year from now could be a uh, significantly better prospect than than what we're thinking right now. All right, well, if you're going to close on that, I get one more pick, right? That's the Mm -hmm. second, okay. So I will take uh, Indians first baseman Bobby Bradley, who... If I remember correctly, on our in our Arizona League evaluations, got pretty much took swept the board for best offensive prospect. He's you know he's a first baseman, but he can hit, and I will take him. Okay, skipping over. So you'd rather have him than Mike Poppy? Yeah. Okay. Give me Bobby Bradley. Um, you know, no, it's so. Well, we'll wrap up at that point. Now we will move on 
to phase two of the uh, podcast, where we're going to look at uh, look at some questions that you guys have for us. I should say that, that maybe next year, if we start with the ALEs, we should draft it as a team and see no. how whose teams do better. I mean, no, because that's not how teams work. Like, when you're drafting the draft, you're, you're drafting for talent, you know? I mean... You're, you don't you don't say well I can't draft another first baseman because I got a first baseman rookie. Ball. Well, that's fair, but you don't start with a blank team in the draft either. Right, but no, I see. To me, we're looking the the purpose of this exercise is to kind of line up the talent. And so, if you say, well, I can't draft that guy who's vastly better because I need a catcher, then I don't know how much that use that has for that's this, fair. You know, for for the listeners, this is for you guys. We're doing this, so uh, listener questions now. Um, so okay. We'll start with this one, this because this will, this will bring our phase three and phase two together. This podcast, IB Blue Jays, who is uh, Isaac, it doesn't have a last name, but IB Blue Jays uh, asks, are the Jays going to be kicking themselves for including Barreto, that's Franklin Barreto, in this deal? Which to set the stage, and I'll let you answer it first after I set the stage. Is is okay? So we had Josh Donaldson traded. Third baseman from the A's who's coming off of back-to-back really loud seasons. Sent to the Blue Jays for Brett Laurie. The big league portion of the uh, trade going back. Uh, then you also have Nolan and Graveman, a pair of pitchers. And then Franklin Barreto, a very interesting shortstop uh, who's played last year in the short season Northwest League. Hadn't yet made it a full season ball, but was uh, our number one prospect in the Northwest League coming out of this year and was the number five prospect in the uh, Blue Jays system, the top prospect who went to the A's in this trade. This is where we'd very much like to have Clint Longnecker back to uh, for, for a day to explain. We miss you, Clint. Yeah, if you're listening here in, in, uh, in Cleveland, hi. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be kicking themselves for including him because they got Josh Donaldson. You know, that I think that you have to spend at least one blue chip prospect to get that guy like that. As we've heard in the office all day today, you have to do something like that. And I think this is going to be the key to the deal. But if you get two or three good seasons, maybe not as, as great as the last two, out of Josh Donaldson, and it helps you get to the playoffs or even you know, deep into the playoffs, then you're not going to regret it. Uh, I to, mean, I, yeah, yeah, to me, I mean, you've got Donaldson locked up for multiple more years here. So if Donaldson, uh, again, from that standpoint, I agree completely, which is, if Donaldson performs the way he has, or semblance of the way he has the last two years, for the next three to four years for Toronto, then you may not care what happens in return. Right. Um, that being said, I do think that there's a certain amount of Billy Bean halo effect going on now with Franklin Barreto, in that Franklin Barreto is the same guy today as he was a week ago. And a week ago, he was an interesting low-level prospect in the Blue Jays system who ranked number five in the organization. Now, that's a five that has a really power-packed top four because you've got, you know, you're talking about three pitchers in... Uh, Norris, Sanchez, and, and Hoffman. And Hoffman, yeah. And, and then you're talking Dalton Pompey, a center fielder who's already played in the big leagues. So you got clear four, top four, and then Barreto is the best of the non, you know, the, besides that group. And Barreto, again, number one prospect in Northwest League, Really good bat, young young hitter who you talk to guys who think he'll stay at shortstop. You talk to other guys who think he'll be a second baseman or a center fielder. He's going to be playing an impact position. 
and you should be able to handle that and play it pretty well. Uh, the tools are there, speed and all, to go with the hit. Again, very interesting prospect. Absolutely. Um, and if you thought he was going to be a center fielder, he probably wasn't going to be a center fielder on the Blue Jays if you if you Well, long-term enough. I mean, Pompey will be our eligible before he ever gets there. So, you know, you don't, they're not stacked up on each other by any stretch. Because he, I mean, Barreto's at least, I mean, this is the downside of the trade as far as that. Barreto will head to f- full season ball this year. So if he moves quickly, you're probably looking at three to four years. So, um, you know, but you, you do look at it and say, okay, yeah, I mean, he could be, he could be, he has a chance to be a very, very good player for the A's. Um, the reason that he is kind of part of, I mean, I, I think you could say that Brett Lowry is probably even more important to this deal for the A's, is the reason he's probably the part B of this trade, Lowry being A, him being B, Graven being C, and Nolan being D, is that you are taking a big swing when you draft, when you acquire in a trade a guy who's yet to play full season ball. Guys' weaknesses are not as apparent in short season ball as they are. And again, if you're doing a good scouting job, hopefully you're seeing them even, and there's going to be development and all that. But there's a long way to go from where he is now to the big leagues. And, you know, again, he's been a high ceiling talent for the Blue Jays for a couple of years now. He's living up to those expectations so far. Now he goes to the A's. With the A's, he's at the... We're working on, you know, our A's list will go up Wednesday. I'll give you a sneak peek. He's either going to be number one or he's going to be number two on that list. So, but then you got, you know, again, the other part of it, you got Graveman and Nolan. Again, Brett Laurie, the, the, really the question is, is, uh, is he going to be healthy? If he's healthy and he, is he going to be healthy? And if he does, can he produce like he has shown flashes of? But Graveman and Nolan, really the question is, is Graveman had a great year last year. Is that was he a uh, an absolute steal as a senior sign, or was are the Blue Jays selling high on him? Well, I think what the A's are are doing is they've got what seven starters now, mm-hmm. something like that. You're preparing for a second move, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely doing that, but you're not replacing Jeff Samarja with Kendall Grayson. No, not so, not value wise. Right. You're. I mean, I guess the question I'd ask is: Is do you think this means that the A's are not really contending in 2015, or are they still contending? I think they'll be they'll be right up there. I mean, so you, get, you get the Angels, who probably will contend, but their bubble's going to bust at some point. Their bubble's going to bust at some point when these guys hit their. Uh, yeah, I think I think decline. the Angels though this year. I mean, you, and you still do have Trout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's one guy. He's one super guy. I mean, I mean you have Pujols, you have uh, yeah. Hamilton. Those guys could you know either decline nicely or fall, fall off a cliff. cliff. So we'll see there. Uh, who else we got in that division? The Mariners, they they were on the fringe of contention all year. They just acquired Nelson Cruz. Uh, actually, they weren't on the fringe of contention. They were limited on the I last day. Say, they, they, they were one game behind the A's. Yeah, they so. were limited, limited on the last day, and they've got a starting rotation to die for. I mean, with Hernandez and Iwakuma, and I'm missing a big one here. After that, it's Royce Elias, uh, James Paxton, and uh, probably Taiwan Walker. Yeah, Taiwan so. Walker is very good, too. I, I still think I'm missing someone. Uh, but in any case, uh, they're not. They're trying to contend, and I think they have pieces to do that too. Uh, they got Robinson Cano as well. 
So they've got they've got hitters. They got. I mean, uh, again, they, they may make some moves too because they got a pair of shortstops right now. They could always end up deciding that they wanted to have one shortstop, not two. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna, if they're going to make Del, uh, Delman Cruz, Nelson Cruz, designated hit, they could still go out and try to get Justin Upton from uh, Atlanta. That's true. And they they've could. got pieces to do it. The aforementioned Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Uh, either their shortstops, Chris Taylor or Brad Miller. You can go out and do it if you. Really feeling. I don't think. I don't think the uh, the Braves are going to. They'd have to be. That'd be a three team deal, because I, I don't think either of those guys is moving uh, uh, Anderton aside. But uh. now let me let me double back to the uh, to the A's deal. If you're Alex Anthopoulos mm-hmm. and Billy Bean calls you and says, "Hey, you know Josh Donaldson's available. Let's start our offer. What what don't you give up for him?" Oh, I think they. Is there anybody in that in that system that you don't give up? I mean, I'm sure they. Probably wouldn't ask. I don't know if they would ask for Hoffman. We well, hit trade Hoffman yet, but I don't know if you yeah. based on Tommy John surgery recovery. But. No, see, I think that if you look at this trade, if you're the Blue Jays, this was the perfect way to make this trade. Trade a guy who is a high ceiling, high risk guy who's three to four years away, Franklin Barreto. Trade the guy who really, I know you could play him at second base, but who kind of loses his position to the guy you're acquiring. I mean, you could trade away Brett Laurie and not miss him because you're upgrading on him um, and you're with a guy who's also been healthier. And then trade two pitchers who, let's just be honest about it, if you are talking about for the Blue Jays, that's pitcher, again, let's take Hoffman out of it because Hoffman is injured and a little ways away. Yeah, but Ineligible for trade. Right, but yeah. you, you could trade him. You could make a player be named. Sure. But I'm saying not, not for trade. I'm just saying if you look at them for pitching right now, Nolan and Graveman are starting pitcher options three and four among big league ready guys because they're Daniel Norris and Aaron Sanchez both pitched in the big leagues last year and they're both better than those guys probably. Right. I mean, they're at least considered better than Sanchez them, still has to prove it as a starter. Right, but he was pretty you he know was excellent in the bullpen. It was so, lights out. So again, if you're looking at it from the Blue Jays standpoint, you just acquired a difference maker type player, and. What you gave up is really, and let's be honest, if you're Alex Anthopoulos, if you're saying if you're the Blue Jays, would you regret this down the road? You could. If you're Alex Anthopoulos, if Franklin Barreto ends up being an all-star in 2019, you're, you're trying to win in Toronto right now, and you haven't done it yet. And you've just watched the Red Sox acquire Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez. Right. And you've just added Russell Martin, so... You're clearly starting to go you all at, in. You, you look at this and you say, for the Blue Jays, you say they're putting the pieces together where you could see, okay, much. it's funny, like more so than when they made the trade a couple of off-seasons ago, the all-in the, trade. The super trade, yeah. But with these additions, they got Don, by getting Donaldson, they didn't make their 2015 team worse in any way. They should be better because of this trade. And again, if you're going to be significantly better in 15 and 16, you could run a risk of being worse in 18 and 19. Yeah, what I'm getting at is if, if he's on the phone and says, okay, we're going to have this package of four guys. Let's say he subbed out uh, Nolan and subbed in Sanchez. Do you still do that deal? If it's Sanchez Barreto? No. That's a big difference. That's a it big is, difference. It is a big difference. It's a massive difference. It is a big difference. I mean, I'm I not trading because again, that would make, because I think that make my big league team I don't know if that makes my big league team that much better for next year because I'm counting on Aaron Sanchez. I mean, that's the big difference to me is that it is, if you're a GM, 
it is there is a significant value in now versus the long term. Long term is important, but the reality of this is as a GM, especially a GM has been in the in that job for a while now, there is less value to being good in 18 and 19 than there is being good in 15 and 16. And I'm making that trade. What I'm doing in that trade is, is especially you gave guys up who are pretty close to the big leagues as well, but who are less likely to come back and bite you big time. So the guy who could come back and really hurt as far as trading away as those guys is Laurie, who Josh Donaldson has been better than Brett Laurie every year. So, yes, he's older, but I, I can see it from that standpoint for the for the Blue Jays. They're, they're willing to take on the super, you know, the, the arbitration-eligible salary. Donaldson, great, you, you do that then. And then the other guy is Barreto. And, again, Barreto, if he does it, it's going to be several, several years away. Right. Uh, so let's get another reader question in there. Okay. Lot 49, uh, that's Dan. Which, uh, by the way, I think we now have covered the Donaldson trade with that yes, question. Yes, we have. That's, <laughs> that, was, that was intentional. But uh, Gallo or Sano? Not going to be careful because I've got Sano on my team. So mm, Yeah. <laughs> don't want to uh, publicly disparage yeah. your own players. I'm going to go Gallo. Me too. Healthy. Um, and the reality is, is has, you know, I don't think there's a massive difference between those two guys. Um, they're, they're both massive power third baseman who some people question whether they'll be at third base long term. Uh, the difference is, is I think Sano's power is outstanding power. I think Gallo's power is, I don't know if I've seen anyone else with that power power. Yeah. Um, because Gallo does that in games. I mean, again, Sano's been great, but... But Gallo in games has been, you know, the strikeouts are a concern, but Gallo has been really, really pretty special. Yeah, I was just going to look at what Gallo did in 2013, but those stats aren't there. Yeah, I was going to say, um, he hit uh, 40 home runs and led the minors. I meant to say Sano. But, uh, uh, Sano, I mean, had a great first half in the FSL and then went up to double A and struggled a little bit. Yeah, and, and I remember he had a bit of a, a disciplinary problem too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it was pretty minor. Um, he's a pretty confident dude yes i've heard some fun stories like it's again those were some of those i've heard fun stories from scouts like that you could say with his makeup that he's too confident or you could say that he trusts in his abilities and he will uh he has a competitive fire there's yeah there's a thin line between cockiness and confidence and i you know yeah i i prefer on his case i think i call it competitive fire myself i'll just i mean that that particular incident sticks in my mind because that was the time right before I got this job. I went up to see him. I drove the hour and a half up to Reading to see him, and he was out of the lineup. And he took the worst batting practice I've ever seen because he was pouting. And <laughs> I was not a very happy camper that day. But uh, well, we will we will address more of these questions at a uh, later date. At a later date, because I do want to. We're already at. Uh, we're, I want to wrap this up in less than an hour, significantly less than an hour, because we got handbook guys to write. Um, but I do want to kind of wrap us up talking a little bit about uh, the. Uh, the, the organization of the year. We announced today the Kansas City Royals are the organization of the year. Um, it was a fun story. I, I got to write the story. It's up at BaseballAmerica.com, which it was a fun story to write from the standpoint of just, I, I, it, I've been doing the Royals list for, I think, since 2008. So I, it was pretty much during this whole time of kind of them building from, from really – uh, that was kind of try to lay out in the story is it's like you, you do have to kind of go back to where they were in 2006 slash 7 
or 2006 when Dayton Moore took over. And it's probably worth remembering what the Royals were at the time was generally they were the team that you went to if you had no other options of anywhere to go. Um, you look at like the 2006 Royals lineup and rotation. More than half of the Royals rotation that year was out of baseball in the next couple of years. Um, you look at their starting lineup and you go three years later and most of those guys were no longer big league regulars. Uh, it was the, the way station that you pretty much went to where you were almost out of the big leagues. And you look at the farm system back then and the farm system had Billy Butler and it had Alex Gordon. Two, and two decent pieces. Two very good pieces. Had Micah Viles, who ended up being a very useful middle infielder for several years. Still is, by the way. Not still is. The so, you know, still not, uh, less useful now, yeah, but still, you know, still is a, a big leaguer. And really, you could say that was it in the farm system. Zach Greinke was in the minors that year in 06, but he'd already been in the big leagues. That was the year that he left baseball and then came back. Um, you look at starting pitchers in that organization, they didn't have anyone. Uh, there was not a starting pitching prospect in the organization whoever turned into a solid big leaguer. Um, there was, if you go beyond those three guys, there was really no other position players who've ended up being regulars or, well, Jerron Dyson was in the system. He was in 2006. Luke Hochaver, like, like, technically Dayton was hired the week before that draft, so at the time he was hired, there was no other position players. The DSL club did not produce a big leaguer. You look back on there was no one on that DSL club who ended up being a big leaguer. There was no one on the DSL club the year before that was a big leaguer, and there was no one on the DSL club the year before that that was a big leaguer. So they got the most value in that draft from rounds 1 and 50, basically? No. Was it Hochaver? That, that was the Hochaver. So they didn't get the best value of 1. Well, but of that of that draft class? I mean, of their draft class. They, I don't know who else was in their draft class. Right. Yeah, they had a couple. I mean, yeah, Hochaver, I mean, with that one year, I would say, like, on a cost to... I mean, he did pitch in the big leagues. So he did pitch in the big leagues, yeah. They did 1 and 50. Um, but the interesting thing to me was is that, so then the next year, that was Dayton's first, like you got to say, after that 06 draft, because you don't really get to run a draft and show up the week before the draft. But So 06, in of 06, uh, Renee Francisco, their new uh, international scouting director, went down to Dominican and they signed Salvador Perez and Kelvin Herrera. The 07 draft, they drafted Eric Hosmer, Danny Duffy, Greg Holland, and David Lowe. So let's take Lowe out of it because Lowe was a useful guy in the Orioles this year, but that's five key pieces from their World Series team this year that they acquired in their first year there. The next year they went out and they got um, uh, Eric Hosmer and they signed Jordana Ventura. So that's seven key pieces. The next year they got Will Myers, who ended up being the key guy in the trade that then acquired uh, James Shields and Wade Davis. But so the interesting thing to me about it is, is that, and this is why I was going to ask you a question. It's a very long-winded way of getting into a question, but I'm asking a question on is there's again having covered this team for a long time. There's a lot. There's been a lot of people who understandably have been saying Dayton Moore got way you know before this year saying he should be gone. No, no one gets this long to turn its system around. But what's interesting to me is that in this case. You look at it and you look, with the benefit of hindsight, you say, okay, that's the first year he was there. That's five guys from the World Series team. 
The next year, he brings in two more key pieces. The year after that, he brings in another guy who ends up bringing in two more key pieces. So, and then that year, they also, they, the 10 is when they made the Granky trade, who brings back in Alcides Escobar, Lorenzo Cain, and Jake Odorizzi, who was the other piece of the James Shields, Wade Davis trade. So, really, if you, I mean, besides a couple of free agent signings like Jason Vargas and uh, Omar Infante. Bruce Chen. Uh, well, Bruce Chen wasn't really a key part of this team no, this year. No, yeah, but I'm saying, but he was, he, he wasn't even on the World, on the world Series route. Like, uh, Dory Aoki, who was uh, Will Smith, who was a 08 uh, picker, I believe, or maybe a 9. Um, all those key pieces were acquired in Dayton Moore's first three years in the organization. All, almost all the key pieces, besides some trades that happened down the road, were all in place in year one, two, or three, but it was year nine, eight and nine, that we really started to see at the big league level the payoff from that. Does that mean which seems crazy to say, it, in some ways it seems crazy to say that a GM, if he's draft, you, building through high school drafts and international players, he should get nine years to, to prove that he's doing things right. But I think you could make a case, if you look at the Royals and you look at what's going on in Pittsburgh, I think you could make a case that maybe that is the case. Is that crazy? No. <laughs> I think you have to convince your owner that and with, with with not just the GM, but with your with all your top lieutenants or scouts, that yeah, these guys are are big leaguers. They're going to take a little while, and they'll be productive. I don't know if they'll cohese all at the same time, but uh, it, it's it's not the instant gratification you get from a team with a a bigger payroll who can just plug and play your various. You can let other teams develop your stars and plug them in. With the Royals, you kind of have to be that patient, do you not? I think, I mean, I think the answer right now is would be you have to say yes from the standpoint of they actually, this is the first plan that's worked for them in 30 years. Okay, let's 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 say they just, let's say they lost game, the one game playoff. Mm-hmm. What of Dayton Moore do you? Well, I think to me, like, again, I mean, that's a very good point. That, but And they were very close to losing that game. Yeah, they were absolutely close. <laughs> I mean, they were not far away from not making the playoffs. Right. Now, I think the James Shields trade means if they didn't, you could make an argument because that was essentially, I mean, it's bad. We poker analogies are using baseball too much, but that was, you know, he pushed the chips in and, you know, laid down his cards and let's see what, you know, what happens on the flop. I mean, it was a, he put essentially a two-year time limit on it from the standpoint of if they didn't make the playoffs in the two years that they had James Shields, I, I think at that point it becomes very hard to say, even as good as Wade Davis was this year, it becomes very hard to say, yeah, I think we did well in the Will Myers trade by trading to get James, yeah. two years to James Shields. Yeah, especially after after watching the 2013 season. Oh, the guy we traded in, in this whole right. rebuilding plan just won the rookie of the year? Get out of here. Right. You know, it would have been easy to say that. But by doing this and getting there, because, I mean, again, we are, I know it's the narrowest of margins, but it's a results-based situation. Um the reality of it is, is the evaluations of the James Shields trade, if you're making an evaluation of that trade and the fact that the Royals made the World Series and ended up essentially two runs away from winning the World Series, in, you know, they finished one run short in Game 7, if that's not part of your evaluation of the trade, I, you're, you're, you're not existing in a real world. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. You trade to win the game, basically. Right. 
the San Francisco Giants, you can love their process or hate their process. Their process is the best process right now. Why is that? They've won three World Series in the past. You know, No one else has come close to doing what they've done lately. That is the best process. Now, can you say they've got some great players? Sure, whatever you want to say. But the reality of it is, is that in the real world, this is not an academic exercise. In the real world, how these people who are doing these things in reality get judged is, did you win? And I, I love the quote that a scout gave back when the James Shields Will Myers trade happened, where he said, "Look, they got to win on TV someday. This is this trade for the Royals was about winning on TV, winning." six straight titles in Omaha are being the number one ranked farm system in baseball America for five straight years or something like that would is vastly less important than making it to, than winning a World Series. And if you're not going to win a World Series, they basically came as close as you can come to winning one without winning one. They had what you would call in the World Series, that's the, there are gallant losses in the World Series and then there are frustrating losses in the World Series. They had the gallant loss. Madison Bumgarner basically shut them down with an epic all-world performance. With those, you tip your cap, you know, and you say, wow. I mean, again, there's others that are, if you get, the Rockies had an amazing season in 07. 07, it was, it was 07, right? Yeah, the, the one where they just came from nowhere by the, the Red Sox. And then swept their way into the World Series and then got swept by the White Sox. Red that Sox. world, I mean, the Red Sox. That World Series is one you don't want to remember. But I mean, it's still a great year. But that you talked about process with with the Giants and and how it's the best process right now. They were also one game away from it not being oh, yeah. the best process in the in the wild card game. What, well, what we have to remember now is that this is where you talk about what Toronto just did. If you can get in, you don't know what's going to happen now. You know, ideally you want to set yourself up, and this is what Oakland's done a great job. What Oakland's done a great job of, it hasn't worked for the playoffs, but if you keep getting there, you hope that one of the years it all comes together for you. But we aren't talking a situation where, I mean, you would rather win 110 games. But if you can win 88 to 90, you are right in that discussion. Right. And if you can win 88 to 90, it's much more important if you think you have a 90-win team I would argue it is much more important to try to get to that 90 than it is to say, well, let's back up to 80 now to see if we can get to 95 a year from now. You'd rather be 90 twice than 85 and 95. Get to 90 twice, you may win it one of these years. Giants have done a better job than anyone of that. I mean, you're, you're right. It's super cliche, but you got to be in it to win it, and <laughs> that's basically it. I, again, and the, the thing dance. about this is that the A's, it didn't work out, but... That's what Billy Bean did last year. I mean, that's why you trade for John Lester and Jeff Samarja. Yeah, I mean, the, it you, didn't work out. No, but and you understand why you did it. And you might regret. You probably will regret trading Addison Russell, but you do that nine times, or nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, and with no regret. You got two of the best pitchers available, and you <laughs> just didn't you come just, up. Uh, you, you lost on the A's is, is that you fell apart and you didn't get to use them. Yeah, you and know? you lost on a. You didn't. Jeff Samarja didn't get to pitch in the playoffs. So right. <laughs> But Adam Dunn didn't get to hit in the playoffs. No, that's true too. Yeah, you know, but but again, so I mean, it, 
And again, organization of the year, I know we on Twitter a couple people said, how did he gotten to give it to the Giants? They've just won the third World Series. And I follow that. And you can't just give it to the team who wins the World Series right. every year. Organization of the year for us is it's a kind of more all-encompassing. If, if it was just we give it to the World Series team, it'd be easy. You know, no we wouldn't have to announce anything. Yeah. But organization of the year, the reason we gave it to the Royals is uh, I do think their farm system is better than the Giants right now. But more important than that, it was also a realization of where the Royals have come from. The Royals built a World Series team on a low payroll. I mean, they're a small revenue team who basically built it through the farm system and trades. If you look at the free agents on this team, it was Jason Vargas and it was Omar Infante. You're not going to, you're not winning World Series based on those moves. Um, those were complimentary pieces. If you look at how this team was built, it was built through trades and the draft. Well, they were very homegrown. So that's why they're our organization of the year. So congratulations to the Royals. Again, that doesn't take anything away the Giants. Congratulations to the Giants on the, the more, you know, hey. The more important thing. The more important thing. The one you get a trophy for. Yes. Um, we speak- get, they get a plaque. You know, we're going to, um, at the BA, at the Baseball America Awards Gala, at the winter meetings, the Royals will get a, uh, a trophy, but it will not be as prestigious as the World Series trophy. Which transitions quite nicely. Tell the people what you and uh, about half this office are going to be doing next week. Winter meetings. So we'll hopefully be podcasting at some point. I'm sure we'll at some point get everyone together in a hotel room and, and record a podcast. Just but like camp outside outside one of the GM's hotel rooms and try to let, see if, how extensive the Yeti is. You know, we can we can tr- <laughs> we don't want to get arrested for stalking, but uh, you know, but uh, but no. So we'll be at the winter meetings um, again. Baseball America Awards Gale is back, which we're pretty excited about. That we'll be awarding our organization of the year, players of the year, minor league player of the year. Amateur player, high school player of the year, college player of the year, all those things. Um, and Cooper Christmas, a.k.a. the Rule 5 draft. Yes, that's on Thursday. If you haven't seen it at Baseball America, go to BaseballAmerica.com. I think we have... 80-something names? Right around 80 names up right now for the Rule 5 preview. That should suffice. I, at some point, I'm going to be doing a... I might be doing a minor league portion of it. But uh, you know what's crazy? We listed 80 of the names. Probably not going to get all the guys... We're not going to get all the guys who get... No, because it's, it's Eye of Beholder. It is very much... I have Beholder, especially we're not going to get all the minor league phase by any stretch. No, 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 the minor, no, the minor but league, no. They're not going to get all the major league phase because, uh, again, it's I have the Beholder. Like, if you, if I had to do over again, would I have put uh, Wei Chang, uh, Wei Chai Wang from the Brewers, you know, the Brewers took? Wei Chang Wang. Yeah. Uh, on the, uh, on the Rule 5 last year? No, probably not, because I would have never imagined... There had never been a precedent of a guy who had just pitched in the GCL being picked and sticking in the Rule 5 before. But we did identify correctly Tommy Canely from the Yankees, mm-hmm. who was picked by the Rockies and stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else stuck from last year's Rule 5? That was about it. Yeah, we, but we identified him correctly. So, I mean, again, Rule 5, you're not seeing like, you know big success stories lately. Ryan Flaherty. Yeah, Ryan Flaherty. I mean, ALCS in uh, second baseman and slash left fielder sometimes on so, an ALCS team. You know, but again, well, this ended up being an hour, as it often does. Uh, thanks again for the questions. Thanks for the download. We will be back more regularly uh, coming forward. We are in the, uh, we're past the halfway mark on the prospect handbook. So uh, that's the good news. So we will be uh, hopefully a little bit more regular. And, uh, and sweet, soon enough, we'll have a sweet, sweet AL West portion of these drafts. Exactly. And I will try to draft more toward Talon instead of building a hypothetical team. That's that's a better plan. (laughs) But so, Josh Norris, I'm J.J. Cooper. Thank you again, and we'll see you soon.